Hello and welcome to Connected, the podcast about people, ideas, marketing, technology and everything that's good. I'm ASD, a digital man here at Mediacom. Hi, Sue Yuneman, Chief Transformation Officer at Mediacom. And joining us in the room is the brand new EMEA CSO, Steve Gladys. How are you doing, Steve? Very good, thank you. It's lovely to be here. Very good. Uh, what is our planning philosophy at Mediacom? Okay, so our planning philosophy is known as systems planning. Uh, and where this comes from is the the principle that what clients have, they've got loads of channels at their disposal, more channels than they ever used to have, and all of those planels, all of those channels could be planned as silos. But what we believe is that you should plan those channels as a connected system. So, at a very executional level, you can plan a TV campaign, uh, and you could plan it to drive reach, and you could plan it to make sure that the spots are in the right programs, but you can also plan it to make sure that you're buying that TV so that you're driving as many web actions, for example, as possible. So you're driving as many people to go onto the website or go onto search. And we know that certain times of day, certain types of spots are better at, at doing that. So it adds another dimension to our planning. It's not just planning the silos brilliantly, but making sure that we're planning for the interconnections between them. Yeah. And if we do that, we know that we'll drive better growth, better outcomes for clients. Now, um, we're not only the biggest agency in the UK, the best agency in the UK, um, and have been for a while. Um, what do you think we need to do differently, and what do we need to keep the same in order to maintain that status for the next 10 years, Steve? Um, I think what, we, what we're good at, and what we, the, one of the reasons for our success, is that we have been focused on growth, and focused on answering the question, where is the growth going to come from? for our clients um, and our growth has come from being focused on clients growth and being you know what we've always tried to drum into people here is that is that is that whether you're in the research team or you're in the analytics team or you're a planner or you're a social media expert what you're really here for is to sell stuff for people in most cases some clients have got a different objective to that you know Government government clients will obviously have, have slightly different objectives, but ultimately you're here to achieve the client's business objectives and spend their money and plan the spending of that money in the best way possible to meet those objectives, both in the short and long term. And I think we've got to remain focused on that yeah. as we grow and more disciplines come into the business. You know, e-commerce would be one that... Um, you know, is is a is a is an evolving area and is evolving for, for for us as an agency. We need to make sure that that doesn't evolve as a silo, and that we're understanding how the rest of the system impacts uh, clients' e-commerce um, channels and the the activity that they they that they that they put out in that space. So I think we need to be we need to be really really focused on where the growth's going to come from and be militant about that and drumming that into our people. I think we need to be brilliant at share and reapply. So one of the brilliant things about working in a big agency is one of the reasons I love working in a big agency and why I think a client should want to work in a, in a big agency is that there are more people in this building doing more interesting work with more platforms, channels, data, technology than there are in any other agency. It's just a factor of our size which means there's an enormous institutional knowledge base in this business um, and you know that's incredibly valuable and we need to we need to probably be a bit better about distilling that knowledge down mm -hmm. into 
some rules, uh, but I think that the knowledge in this business, as long as we can share and reapply that, uh, we get we've, we've we've got kind of a bit of a head start on everybody else because because yeah. it's incredibly valuable. Why do you think that isn't happening? Is that just because it's just becoming more complex and it's more disparate? Or I, I think knowledge management in agencies is it's never been <laughs> it's never been an, uh, in it, most businesses in most yeah. businesses. Yeah. Frankly, it's one of the things that we often help our clients with, isn't it? Is yeah, knowing consolidating what they know yes because um, they don't always know what they know and yeah it, needs, yeah it needs people that can see across the whole system doesn't it yeah exactly because we're, we're a system as well of course of, of interconnected parts and um but i, but I think you know we're, we're getting better at it but 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 sharing and reapplying that institutional knowledge across the 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 the, the, the range of planners and business groups that we've got here and, and the people that work in the specialisms is 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 is, is, is going to help us grow yeah. it's going to help us get to better answers more quickly um and i think you know we, we as as an industry all the agencies need to be better at promoting the benefits that agencies can bring yeah. uh, at a time when clients are thinking about in housing and you, you, you know we know that's happening across various sort of disciplines which might have traditionally have been something that you'd have gone to an agency with and I think you know our our neutral view of the media landscape our relationship with the media vendors all of these things add masses of value the craft of you know obviously media planning is my area the craft of media planning is something that adds enormous amounts of value to to clients and um and, and, and I think we probably need to be better and more vocal at banging yeah. those drums it's one of the things I've been trying to do a bit more over the last year. Sue, you've always been really good at an external voice for what we do, and I've not been as vocal mm. out, outside of these four walls. And one of the things I've been trying to do in the last year is, is sort of bang the drum for the craft of media planning and, and, and get out there and talk about what we believe about media planning. With the now famous Beyond. Beyond Byron Binnett and Bites yeah. presentation, which... Um, which we did at Ad Week, and which seemed to go down quite well, and which we've been talking to various clients and media owners about. And in fact, if anyone's listening and wants a forty-five minute, or I can do a cut down if, can you, if, if you're short you short time. I can do it in twenty <laughs> if that's what you want. But you know, if you want a a presentation on the future uh, or the, the the current state of planning and where we think it's going, then we'd we'd love to come and talk to you about that. And um, there's you know a bunch of people here who are excited about that, and we've got a point of view. So. Really interesting. Hit me up. Yeah, so you've been doing this this for a while. So, what is your favourite client, favourite type of client to work on? Are they all your favourites? Yeah, they all. <laughs> it's 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 a bit of a sort of trick question, it in a way, is isn't a trick it? And it, and, and, and it is a trick question, which which I use myself in interviews, um, which is probably giving away an interview secret yeah. to people who yeah. might 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 be coming in for those in the future, but. But but I think it's a good question to ask a planner is is what sort of client is there clients you want to work on don't want to work on because I think it's okay to have the sort of client that you might want to work on because you're particularly interested in that mm. category but I don't think it's okay to say oh, I don't want to work on that because I think it's a low interest category or whatever because I think good planners can get excited about any brief and can get yeah. excited about any target audience and can get excited about any product category and I think that the work that you do on what are sometimes termed low interest categories, quite often that work is as exciting, if not more so, than the work you do on what are deemed high interest categories. And sometimes you've got to try harder, and the, mm. com the, the comms has to pull 
the, yeah. the communications has to work harder for categories that people spend less time thinking about and the ones that they spend loads of time thinking about so so it is a I mean obviously you want a client who treats you as a partner and who is is interested in sharing their challenges with you and is interested in you know properly collaborating on the answer because I think increasingly we've got to collaborate with clients on what the what the right answer is with them especially if they're you know in housing some of their their, 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 their activity we need to help them make sure that they've got a connected system but you know it isn't a particularly industry it isn't a particular industry sector so you and I have worked together since 1994 um, I don't remember your first day at the, at the media business which was the root of the Mediacom um, I expect you do <laughs> um, first of March 94 first of yeah. March 94 I don't know what I was doing that day um, but knowing what you do now, what advice would you give to your young, fresh-faced, lots of blonde hair, <laughs> curtains? There are, there are terrible sort of curtains of hair. It's an unedifying spectacle. Uh, I would say um, get involved. So I started as I was the I was a, was kind of the IT boy when I started. Um, believe it or not, because I had a computer science degree. That's how I. Uh, my, my first role was it was research technologist so it's 50% research 50% um, uh, the, the IT boy and um, I think it's fair to say I wasn't particularly well equipped for that job um, and but what I did do was when media owners came in I went and tried to go and see what was going on with the media owners tried to find out more about what we did across the business um, and I think that that meant that when you know, it was clear that my tenure as the IT boy was probably up, yeah. but there was a job going as a planner buyer, and I think the agency liked having me around, and so I got that job as the planner buyer on Electronic Arts initially, which I worked on for about seven or eight years in the end, and which, you know, sort of... That's great for the period for them as well. Oh, yeah, no, it was a cool account. It was a really on, cool yeah. account. It was all of the... From one era, yeah. I did FIFA 94, 95, 96, 97. That is great. Um, Some award-winning work, right? Yeah, there was, yeah. Quite early on. And I I think it's because I got involved and I tried to, you know, find out what was going on in the rest of the agency. I mean, in fact, you were doing award-winning work very early on in your career, which also is something maybe for people out there to kind of take account of. I mean... If you think about that work and then the ready work as well. Yeah, that was you which had ninety eight. I think. Yeah, you'd not been around long. No, no. Um, but you, you, you were you know, changing think, things, making things different, being creative. Yeah, and um, well, with you know, under your um, well. under your guidance, so, 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 so uh, at that point and for a long period of time afterwards as well. Yeah, but you know, we. Uh, I think. I don't know. I think but you it, weren't accept- but, I think. I mean, for me, you just weren't accepting the status quo. In any respect whatsoever, charmingly, not expect, not, yeah. not accepting it. But you, you kind of, you know, you never went. Well, that's the way we do things around here. Okay, let's do them like, like that. You always but maybe difference. Maybe it also comes from you know because I know a lot of people come into the industry through, you know, the Bournemouth course and marketing and media and so on, and maybe coming in through a not slightly different angle and not yeah. really knowing anything about the industry yeah. and ne- not really having yeah. studied it at college. It's maybe maybe I was sort of um, sort of naive in a way that was beneficial. Because that's probably the same same as true of me. Was that you would yeah I certainly had never learnt how the industry worked. No, it's interesting. Um, 
because of those days, lots of people, I suppose, fell into the industry without necessarily knowing exactly what it was. Yeah. Just applied for an ad in The Guardian. It's the same today. Yeah. <laughs> and, do, and, do, and do you think, because I think you did get involved, and you did, is there anything that you'd give advice to the young Steve Gladys that you think you didn't do that you should have done? Yeah, um, I think I sat in a number of meetings where I thought I knew what the answer was, right. but I didn't feel like my opinion was the the most trusted in the room or I didn't feel like you know you know maybe I was a little bit nervous that my opinion would be shot down and then someone else in the room yeah. perhaps from another agency or you yeah. know someone else would say it and I'd kick myself and yeah. be really angry with myself for the fact that I didn't I didn't say what I thought mm. and I think I, the advice I would give myself is and, and, and in a way, when you come into the industry and you don't know anything about it, you're closer to the consumer at that point than you've ever been because you don't know all of the yeah. marketing theory and the academia and all of the research that goes around everything that we do and the data and everything. And, and so your opinion as a punter is actually really valuable when you first come into the industry. Saying, why do we do it like that mm. is actually incredibly useful. So. So I think that, that you know, that's one thing I regret is a few, a few of those meetings. That, and, you know, I think sometimes, you know, we're a bit guilty of there's a, you know, creative agency go first, don't, 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 don't yeah. they? And, we, you know, we're still sometimes a bit guilty of... It's surprising how little that's changed in some meetings. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and I think making sure that your point of view comes across loud and clear yeah. is really important. So we're sitting here 25 years later. Why have you never left? <laughs> Punch you. <know>? Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, you get you hear people and they you say you know a lot of people move around every three years or they want to see what life is like outside. You haven't. Yeah. Um, it's because when I the company that I started working in that Sue was working at all those years ago was the media business, which got bought by uh, Gray, and then we got bought by. Uh, WPP but um, it was a small business at the time I think there was I can never get it the right way around but I think there was 50 people 90 million billings or it might have been the, the, the other way around but there was a very small number of people and then it's grown enormously over that time so there's always been new opportunities yeah. it's not like I've done the job and there isn't yeah. another role for me there's always there's always been somewhere else to go um, I also think I've never left because obviously there are lots of other good agencies out there but I think that one of the things that is special about Mediacom is that people that have done well here are people that mm. want the team to do well rather than them to do yeah. well as individuals and we you know we sort of reward people on that basis we've always had good citizenship as one of the things that is is, is crucial to the way in which we you know give people their 360 reviews you yeah. know part of it has always been on whether or not they're sharing the love you know and, and for some of us that's the most important part yeah yeah, yeah. And, I, and, I, and I think that this you know I think people who do well here it's the people first better results thing isn't it the yeah. people do well here are people that, that, that generally you know they're obviously you can be ambitious but you, you, you get where you want to go I think through 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 the people around you doing well, mm. um, and you being a part of a team, and and that that really appeals to me as a cultural thing, um, and you know I think that that, that whilst the agency's grown, I think as often as I've asked for a change, I've had someone come to me and say, 
I want you to do this. Mm. So I think we've been really good in the past, uh, certainly from my perspective. And I, you know, I think we should, it's a good, you know, for anyone who's managing people, I think being mindful of when the people that work for you might need a change mm. is a really is a really important thing. And that's, you know, I'll, I'll be very grateful for Mediacom for pointing me in the direction of things that I wouldn't necessarily have done a few yeah. times which took me out of my comfort zone which I maybe even thought I wasn't ready for but yeah. which which I've really enjoyed ultimately so that's that's why really makes sense um, so uh, a change is coming you will have left the UK by the time this broadcast yeah. is out um, after 25 years what's next so Josh who's our who are our, our Outgoing, or he's gone, isn't he? Actually, he's actually gone. Josh, Josh has gone to Amir now um, to run our Amir business, and he had asked me to go with him. So I'm going to be CSO for Amir, and that the 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 primary thing he's asked me to do is to is to work with the CEOs in the markets and the planning leads in the markets to help build a sort of consistent planning capability across those markets. It's one of the things I've been doing in the UK particularly over the last year is sort of codifying what good planning work looks like and making sure that we're we're, we're really focused on um, the components of great work and making sure that every team is delivering on the components of great work what brilliant planning works look, looks like in 2019 and beyond and I want to go out into the markets and work with the, the CEOs and the CSOs and the, the planning leads to make sure that we've got the right capability, we've got the right approaches, that we're asking the right questions, yeah. and that we're going about planning the right way. And uh, you know, again, there are definitely some things that we can take from the UK and take out to the other markets. And, and I know there's going to be some interesting stuff that yeah. will come out of the other markets that we can bring back to the UK as well. So, so you know, and I want to build a community of the planners around the the, 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 the markets. We started doing that, but there's some brilliant people that I've met over the years, and I want to. Yeah. Looking forward to to building that planning capability with those people. Yeah. I'm looking forward to a bit of travel as well, actually. Yeah. I've not not done that much travel for a while because mm. my 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 wife has been in an international job and she 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 she, she travels she has been travelling quite a lot, but she won't be so much going forward. What, what might we mention who your wife is? Yeah. Yeah. So, who don't know. So for those who don't know, Kate Ronaldson, who's the the new UK uh, CEO, is 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 my wife. And, um, she's unpacking her suitcase. She's unpacking her suitcase, yeah. and I, it's fact, you know, frankly, I can just take that suitcase <laughs> yeah. and yeah. put my stuff into it and head off to Dusseldorf at five o'clock in the morning. Yeah. Yeah. Right, on to our regular questions. So, what is your favourite line from a poem, a song, or a book? I imagine this was quite hard for you. Uh... It, 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 it was quite hard. It was quite hard because I could tell you what my favourite book was or books that I bought, but I couldn't remember a lot of the individual lines from them mm. um, and then I thought with song I thought about the, the the bit in Dancing Queen where feel the beat on the tambourine oh yeah but then I realised that's just because that's like the best bit of pop, any pop music ever is that line I yeah. think you know it's yeah. just like the perfect joyous pop moment yeah. but that isn't but, but the lines maybe you know not that Profound, and then I thought about um, <laughs> Wichita Lineman by Glen oh, Campbell, yeah. the, the Jimmy Webb song, and uh, the bit, the line, "I need you more than want you, and I want you for all time," which yeah. I think is a beautiful. the sort of it's a beautiful line, and um, the whole song's about this sort of 
telecoms worker who's sort of out on his own these endless endless wires and telegraph poles and it's just uh, and these sort of sense of loneliness and emptiness he's got out there and I think it's like a again the music sets it off really beautifully mm. but I think it's a really nice line cool. um, okay if you were a genie what five commonly available objects would I have to put in a magic circle to summon you Steve okay so um, a guitar and a plectrum would come as part of that wouldn't it rather than being I can have that as part of part of the tuna as well that's three that is three alright we'll say say guitar then if you're being pedantic Um, so so I'm massively into music and uh, I think music's brilliant at mindfulness when Mm. I do music I do music at home I make music uh, and what I used to do when I came home from school was go and batter my drum kit. Yeah. And what I tend to do quite often when I get home from work now is 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 spend some time with my family, obviously, but try and play a little bit of guitar every day and work on something that I'm trying to master. I'm not a brilliant guitarist, but I just love the, you know love the the getting lost in it for a little yeah. while. Um, some sushi. Oh, yeah. uh, it's not my favourite food. I like it. It's oh. not my favourite food, but what it makes me think of is that we go for a Friday dinner with me and Kate and the kids. We go for Friday dinner, and the kids always want to go to Sushi Wah, which is a little restaurant near us. And okay. the kids love sushi, and we get a big sort of smorgasbord of sushi. I know that's a Swedish word. It's probably yeah. not the right word. Yeah, yeah. I don't know what the collective noun is. For sushi. <laughs> yeah. um, but uh, but that sushi. that's the best part of the week for me is that Friday dinner with the kids and we're all breaking bread together. Um, a disco ball. Of course. <laughs> I love disco and sort of music that stems from disco, the sort of electronic disco stuff that's out today. Really love all of that. A pair of running shoes. Some again, mindful. I go running a lot. I went for a run. I was pounding the streets of Archway this morning. Yeah. Um, a particular brand. To be honest. So 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 trainers in general, I, gem- I, I go Adidas mm-hmm. um, in the main because it's the sort of it's the mod trainer. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and so Adidas originals, yeah. particularly yeah. the court style, which you can't get yeah. anymore for some reason. Yeah. If someone could have a word, um, but uh, whoever there's runners, I'm pointing out the window because yeah. runners' yeah. knees yeah. is over there, yeah. and I tend to go to them, and because I've got a slight, that slightly. Uh, an odd tread yeah. take what they give me to be honest okay. with you uh, and then a a Barracuda Harrington so Barracuda is one of, uh, sort of one of these sort of moddy fashion brands yeah. and uh, they they make really nice Harrington jackets and I suppose that's sort of yeah. the sort of uh, scruffy mod yeah. <laughs> attire that, uh, that I tend to sport nearly all of those are unique I think we've had we've, we've had running shoes before yeah. but I'm not sure we've had we may have had sushi, but I can't remember it. I don't remember sushi. There's a good, there's a high level of uniqueness. Yeah. So. Oh, good. Uh, so, assuming there's a disaster and, and all living things are safe from your house, that's fine. What three objects would you rush back in to save? Uh, so, one is the Fender Jazzmaster guitar mm-hmm. in a satin blue finish, <laughs> which I, which I, um, which I was given as a present by Medicom earlier on this year for my 25th anniversary. Mm. Uh, it's a beautiful thing. Which I I, I love to bits. Um, there's not much jazz going on. It's yeah. a jazz master, but it's it's not it's not solely for jazz. Yeah. Uh, that that would be one. There's a, uh, a a photograph that I've got a print of a photograph by Slim Aaron's, who was a, a an American photographer from the like fashion photographer really um, from the late 50s early 60s. Mm-hmm. 
and there's a photo that he took called Poolside Gossip, and it basically took, it was lifestyles of the rich and famous. Mm. It's all these sort of LA out in the canyons, beautiful houses, beautiful pools. And we've got that on our wall frames. A beautiful, yeah. beautiful picture. I'll send it round to anyone yeah. anyone who's who's interested in having a look at it. I really yeah, love definitely. it. And then my music computer, um, because it's I produce music and it's whilst there's everything's in the cloud, yeah. it's such a pain to set up yeah. my studio that yeah. I'd have to grab that and right, yeah. take it out so and, that I and could. Steve, you've published some music, right? Yeah. So if if our listeners out there yeah. would like to. Oh, I was hoping you'd ask that. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, so I, I release a, a music under the name Smashed Atoms. So I've had a few 12 inch singles out and lots of, well, a, a bit more digital download music. If you go onto SoundCloud or there's a bit on Spotify, search up Smashed, Smashed Atoms, Atoms, you can hear it. I'd love some more followers, a bit <laughs> short on followers. Yeah. Please hit me up again. Um, if you could change the industry in one way right now, what would it be? We're going to wave a magic wand and your wish will be granted. So I, w- I was going to say it would be less driven by what's new and more driven by what works. But I was listening to Satin's hmm. podcast that she did with you guys and she said that pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. Um, so I think what I'd say aside from that is that... Um, it would be the industry would be more evenly dispersed across the country because mm. it's massively London centric, yeah. isn't it? And it is a I don't know, there probably are media agencies in Northern Ireland, but we're supposed to be representing, yeah, yeah, and, barely anything in Cardiff. There's, there's very li- little in Wales, there's obviously Swansea. you know, Swansea, yeah, there's, okay. there, there, there's, there's, there's some good, oh, we have offices, we have offices el- elsewhere, but I feel again, you know, the yeah. industry is incredibly London centric. And that London bubble don't yeah. do and any doesn't do anyone any favours. No, we're not. You know, and there's obviously that's even more important. When there's an increasing difference between yeah. the experience of some of the population and the experience of other parts of the population, yeah. and we're supposed to be representing all of them in our conversations. If we were to give you a billboard, where would you put it, and what would it say? So my eldest daughter's just gone to secondary school. Uh, and she's just gone the intake into the secondary school. There's 180 kids gone into year seven, yeah. uh, and a, they've you know gone from big fish, small pond to yeah. the smallest fish in a much much bigger pond. And uh, what I would do is stick a billboard outside that school, uh, and it would say to her and all the kids who are having this exciting but probably terrifying new experience, I'd say you've got this or something along those lines and that would be the last thing she'd see before she went in and the first thing she saw when she came out how, how was that for you seeing your daughter go to high school secondary school for the first time uh, it's quite weird her going off yeah. getting the bus to school yeah. somewhere she sort of goes she was walking to school anyway but the, the getting public transport to school and going further afield it's, yeah. it's quite odd but yeah. you know she's not the first child to have done it <laughs> <laughs> no but I'm sure we'll all get used to it. <laughs> yeah. uh, to finish us off, could you please choose one of these questions from Ander Baton's School of Life? These are not business ones anymore. They're questions for conversation. So if you could read it out and answer. Right, OK. Can incompatibility ever be a strength in a relationship? That's an odd one, isn't it? Because mm. incompatibility taken literally yeah means no means means <laughs> means no but 
difference of opinion you know me and Kate are very different people mm. um, and actually that works really well yeah. and it would work much better than if we were identical and like the same yeah. things and I think that's massively true in business as well um, there's a reason why apparently the reason why Apple are successful as a business is because they're very good at getting people from all the different disciplines all the different parts of their system who've got different views and different priorities round a table together mm. so rather than it being passed in the chain from yeah. design to manufacture to marketing to yeah. sales all those people gather together and apparently that is the, one of the reasons why Apple have been a successful and creative business yeah and you know, if we we are obviously in the creative industries, and everything that we do is a collaboration, and yeah. making sure that we harness the power of groups of people with differing opinions, some of which may seem incompatible, but making yeah. making sure that they we're getting the best out of the disparate viewpoints in our system is, yeah, I think a really really good thing. Yes, it is. I'm just because um, dating at the moment is so on app focused. I'm told. And all the, on the apps you put your interests and your likes. You're like, I like travel, I like animals, and I like food. But, but then you might find your values are completely different. So actually, you want your values to be the same, but not your your, your interests, really. Yeah, that's I think that's interest. A, I think that's a really good way of, of, of looking at it, isn't it? Is that yeah. as a, in a business or in a any yeah. if you're in a band yeah. or if you're in uh, in, 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 a, in a sort of partnership from a from, from a from a sort of a, a relationship sense, then 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 you you want you know, you want to have shared values, but healthy differing of opinion from time to time. It's back to Avengers Assemble, right? Yeah, you, always, you, back you, Avengers always back to the Avengers Assemble. The, the way we it's run like the Wikipedia business. Game. Yeah. Yeah, you, you do not want three Incredible Hulks in a meeting necessarily. No. But one Incredible Hulk and an Iron Man. Not a bad thing. Yeah. Brilliant, Steve. Thank you very much. Okay, pleasure. Lovely to spend a bit of time with you guys.